0: Welcome back. I'm Shane McClelland. I'm Lori Gum. And these are the Q Files. In this episode, we'll be looking for the 19 year old African American woman, or so the official story goes, who was not only the first woman executed by the state of Ohio, but, along with William Clark, the first person ever put to death upon the gallows that once stood at the intersection of the southwest corner of Mound and 2nd Street in downtown Columbus. It is estimated that between 12 and 20,000 people came to see her hanged by the neck until dead on February 9, 1844. But did they have any clue who this woman really was? Did they even care? And beyond the cursory mentions of her in several Ohio history books and newspapers, it seems that absolutely no one knows her story or even how her life ended in such notorious fashion. We decided it was high time to find the real Hester Foster. Oddly
1: enough, it started with a t-shirt shirt Our good friend Bucky Cutright of Columbus Ghost Tours put some new merch up on his website. One of the items was a shirt that honored Hester Foster on February 9th on the date of her death, 177 years later. It was also designed by my good friend Bob Ray Starker, so I just had to have one. I got one of the last three shirts available just before they sold out in only hours and was thrilled and it seemed an awful lot of people were still interested in Hester Foster, at least enough to snag up all these t-shirts. But most likely, though, they were all just big fans
0: of Bucky. Bucky had been telling the tale of Hester Foster for years, especially when his tours included the Columbus Cultural Arts Center. According to legend and first-hand eyewitnesses, the ghost of Hester Foster seemed to have chosen the Cultural Arts Center, as her ethereal home, and would appear quite often in spirit form to the staff of the center. However, some witnesses noted that it couldn't possibly be Hester, as the spirit or entity looked white. Although, one might contend that determining the race of a ghost might be a little tricky.
2: I first learned about the ghost of Hester Foster in the late 1990s. I had been developing an interest in the ghost stories of Columbus and the surrounding area and found a website called Forgotten Ohio that was a a warehouse of paranormal uh, hotspots in the state uh, that was uh, put together by a guy named Andrew Henderson. And it is now defunct, but it was uh, invaluable in my research when I was just doing this as a novice. And, um, Years later, whenever I started the ghost tours, the story of Hester Foster really stuck out to me. It resonated because uh, I get the impression of Hester as a crisis ghost. She is someone who was the first person, a female executed by the state of Ohio, and the... Death penalty and capital punishment is a weighty thing and for some reason her story did not seem worthy of too much ink by the uh, journalist of the day and uh, editors and I feel like that she is there to kind of get that story out and. and that's sort of what the purpose of my ghost tours have been. So the very first product we came up with uh, was a shirt that featured Hester Foster. We wanted to incorporate local artists as well as uh, local history and local businesses. And her story really did seem to resonate. So we uh, brought that up and had a local artist, Bob Ray Starker, design a fantastic T-shirt. And um, we would incorporate this, this uh, location on the tours as often as possible. When we first started our ghost tours in 2012, uh, the story of Hester was a very important one to us to include. So we worked out routes that would incorporate the cultural arts center and uh, spoke to the uh, management there and got permission to bring people into the basement uh, where she is frequently seen in the pottery area and um, tell her story.
1: Shane and I called Bucky up and asked him if it was possible to maybe do a ghost hunt at the Columbus Cultural Arts Center and maybe talk to Hester ourselves. If we couldn't find her story in the history books, we would try to reach out to her directly. Shane and I had a lot of experience with queer ghost hunters, trying to track down the authentic lives of people who, more or less, were left out of the history books, and we wanted to try our hand with Hester And there were indeed some queer red flags for us in Hester's story. It was said that she was originally sent to the penitentiary for aiding and abetting the assault of another woman. Hmm. Highly unusual in the annals of criminal history in the mid-1800s for a woman to be convicted for assisting with the assault of another woman. For Shane and I, this piqued our curiosity because we have discovered over the years that often people of color being caught in a queer sexual act with a white person or a person above their status would get pinned with the crime to save face for the white lover or sexual co-conspirator. We found this often during our years-long investigation of the Mansfield Reformatory, where we found many young boys aged 14 to 21 who had been convicted of sodomy, many of them young
0: men of color. We suspected we were hot on the trail of another queer ghost, misunderstood by history and condemned to imprisonment and death, a fate known too well to our community over the last 300 years. With Bucky's assistance, we contacted Todd Camp, the assistant arts administrator at the Columbus Cultural Arts Center, to see if we could schedule a ghost hunt. Bucky had conducted many ghost tours there, but there had been very few actual ghost hunts. Todd agreed right away. But ask for just one favor. If he and his wife and 12-year-old son could join us, they had never been on a ghost hunt before. We happily acquiesced. We were also excited to have Todd with us. After all, the ghosts in the Cultural Arts Center knew him.
1: The date was set, Sunday, March 13th. And we chose that date for a specific reason. It was the day in 1843 that Hester Foster picked up a fire shovel and beat her fellow white Ohio penitentiary inmate Louisa White over the head and killed her. That is the crime for which she ended up on the gallows. Another odd scenario in Hester's story. When Columbus was founded in 1812, the very first structure constructed was a penitentiary near the south end of the city's boundary. The intention was to use inmates to assist in the construction of future public buildings. That initial structure was small, really small. But by 1832, it was obvious that a much larger institution was needed, and two years later, a 22-acre complex was was erected a mile north at the spot currently occupied by the Arena District in Columbus. There, a FEMA ward was built in 1837, which is where, according to her own admission, Hester Foster struck down her nemesis, Louisa White, with a fire shovel. It is more than likely the fact that the original location of the gallows was so close to the Columbus Cultural Arts Center at Mound and Second Street that Hester Foster, chose to haunt it
0: so we went looking for her and we found her right away
1: let's um go around and introduce ourselves and why you're here today um and then again todd if you have a few more stories that tends to make entities at ease and they know you um, so, okay, my name is Lori Gum. um, I am here, Shane and I do a lot of, um, uh, communicating with entities. We are here in the best of, of, intentions for the higher good. We would just like a chance to tell your story, um, and Shane and I have a show and, and we tell people's stories. So. Um, just to let everyone know, we are here in particular tonight, today, it feels like tonight with the lights Mm -hmm. off, um, we're here to talk to Hester Foster. Um, Hester, this is an anniversary for you. We understand it might not be a, a good memory, but, um, we understand that, that you killed a woman named Louisa White here uh, on this uh, land uh, when um, it was the Ohio Penitentiary. Today is the anniversary of that murder. um, And we thought it might be at least a time where um, there may be more energy and more residual energy that you might uh, want to talk to us. Again, we wanna present you in the best light. We wanna know about you. We're not here to exploit or hurt you um, or take advantage of you um, in any way. So, um, it, but with that said, we are open to any entities today. We hear there a lot, and, and we have Todd here, who you're very familiar with. Um, so you are welcome at any time to join us also,
0: Shane. Yeah, so I'm Shane, um, and I just want to second everything that, that Lori said and um, just really emphasize that we're here to share your stories and we want to share them not with just ourselves, but with uh, a broader community of people that would appreciate them and remember them and you. Um, and you can use any of our, our gadgets or our energy and you can you can touch me if you want to get my attention or show yourself to me. Um,
2: and yeah, I'm Todd. I'm the Arts Administrator here at the Cultural Arts Center. And this is a, a very special building. I spend a lot of time in this in this space, uh, but it's a very special building for a lot of people. Um, we have hundreds of people a week that come through our building for arts classes, and so uh, a building that was once scheduled to be torn down is now a home to many uh, many people uh, that make that are art makers here in this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm Melissa and I'm Todd's wife so I've spent time here um, particularly at different art gallery openings um, I'm very um, appreciative and respectful of the
1: spiritual world and so I am here hoping um, to be open and would love to connect with anyone here Fantastic. and hear their story. So I'm open to touch anything that you may need to communicate through me. Wonderful.
2: Uh, hello, my name is Tosh and um, I am pretty sensitive to the um, supernatural and um, I'm hoping to maybe find out a little bit more about Hester and maybe even see her and try and communicate.
1: And how old are you, Tosh? I'm
2: 12. 12 years old.
1: Okay, so we've got a lot of ways that you can communicate. Um, Let me show you entities how these work. You may have seen them before. Uh, Brass rods, and what we're going to do is, okay, you're going to be able to answer some questions for me with these. We believe that um, it doesn't take a lot of energy. So what we're going to do right now, okay, we're going to start with the rods out in front of us this will always be our neutral position okay this is a way for you to talk with us a neutral position so I'm gonna ask you first is there any entities here in the room if there are please move both rods in any way you choose any movement is fine wow that's a pretty emphatic this right one for me too. Fantastic. <clears throat> okay, so whoever just moved those rods, we want to talk to you now. So first of all, I'm going to ask you to put the rods back out front away from me. That's our neutral position. We'll go to this position every time we ask a question because we want to understand you clearly. So move the rods straight forward away from me and we'll begin. I know it takes a lot of energy. You can pull on our energy here, too. This may have been the first time you've ever done this. Beautiful. Beautiful. You've got this. Okay, here's what we need from you now. We're going to need two different signals, one for yes and one for no. Can you give me, you can move the rods in any way you want. Tell us and show us with the rods what your answer for yes will be. Okay, we can all see that right there. That's your going to be your answer for yes. Okay? Wonderful. So what we'll do each time move the rod back out in front of me, neutral position. You are a pro at this. We're so glad to talk to you. Yeah. Wow.
2: This
1: is awesome. People are very excited. We're all very excited to talk to you. Perfect. You're a pro at this. And also before uh, before this happened.
2: I did feel a little bit of a touch back here, like right back behind my head. Did you
1: really? Excellent. Excellent. Okay. We've seen the movement for yes. That is the, my, on my right moving. Show us what your answer to our future questions will be when you want to answer no. It has to be different. Okay. Very clear. Very clear. Okay. Fantastic. We're ready to talk. So move the rod back to our neutral position. If you would, and pace yourself. I know it takes a lot of energy. Rod back to neutral position and then we can talk, okay? If you want to talk with us. Take your time. It's okay. I know it takes practice. There you go. Good job. Fantastic. Yeah, we just want to be clear about your answers. So I'm going to ask this right off, and it's um, okay um, um, if, it, you know, answer truthfully. Um, is this Hester Foster? we! Well, hello, everyone say hello, Hester. Hi, Hester. Hi.
2: It's very nice to meet you.
1: A privilege and pleasure yes. to meet you. Oh my God! Look, she's already she's already putting the rod back <laughs> where she's supposed to. You are a pro. You are a pro. Um. So Rod's back in neutral position. Um, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you this question. I'm gonna ask you some things that might be painful to remember. Um, they might be a little odd, um, so at any time that you don't want to answer, okay, either don't move the rods or cross the rods in front of me. If you don't want to answer, it's quite okay, all right? So, um, Hester, you lived here for a while when this land was the Ohio Penitentiary, correct? Yes, you did, okay, that is affirmative, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, hey, back out front. Fantastic. Hester, I'm thrilled. You don't know how many people would be thrilled to meet you besides us. Bucky Cutright is just so, should have so been here today. Bucky, I think, knows you. Let me ask you um, so, we're going to get started. Do you already know what I'm going to ask? That's a no. Okay, let let me at least ask the question, okay? Okay? Alright, on this day, a long time ago, about 175 years ago, did you kill a woman named Louisa White at this place? Yes, you did. Okay. No judgment here at the moment. No judgment. We just want to talk and get to know more about you. Um, no one seems to understand why you did this. We understand it was with a fire shovel. It may have been impulsive. Did she? Did she hurt you in any way? Yes, very emphatic. Yes, I got gotcha. you. I understand how you feel. Somebody hurts you. You want to strike back? Wow, Hester, you, you're just like a pro on these dowsing rods. My goodness. Um. So let me ask you this, um, we're going to go back a little bit and this too may be a little sensitive. All right. Um, is it true? You were supposedly, and it's been a long time, the records aren't clear. You supposedly, um, were put in here because you aided and abetted the assault of another woman. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Okay. Uh, kind of, maybe? <laughs> we got an emphatic yes and then a little left movement there. Put, put the um, rods back out front. Because I think I know what you're saying. Put the rod back out front, Hester, if you want to still talk with us. I know that must be hard for you to talk about. Don't be upset. Can you move the rod out in front so we can continue with some talking? No judgment here, Hester. No judgment. No judgment. We get angry and do things that, that, you know, we don't intend to do either. So, Hester, there's a couple of things. Thank you so much. I know it takes energy. There is a couple of things that sound odd. Uh, Hang on a second. I have to pull my mask. Sorry, Hester. It's... were nice. Hester, was that you? Is that on the time? That's on the time. Okay. Um, so let me tell you, Hester, th- this all sounds a little suspicious to me, okay? You, as a woman, aided and abetted a- a- an assault against another woman. The woman that was assaulted, did you have any kind of personal relationship with her? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I suspected that. Uh, yeah, um, Rod's back out front. It's very rare in the annals of the uh, 1800s to see a woman put in jail for aiding an assault of another woman. Let me ask you something. Um, I'm going to be a little bold here. Um, did you, I don't mean to assault your sensibilities. Did you have a romantic relationship with this woman? It's okay. It's okay. You're among friends. Yes, you did. Very clear. Yes. Right out front, Hester. I know this is difficult to talk about. You are among friends. The reason I'm asking you this is because Shane and I do a lot of hunts where there are very suspicious reasons why people are put into jail um, or they're incarcerated. And what you find is we call them the little rainbow flags uh, when uh, there's something odd because my suspicion is, is that you got caught Straighten out for me. I know it's difficult to talk about. You are among friends. Nothing to be ashamed of. Do you know in this day and age that women can marry women and men can marry men? <laughs> right? Anyway, um, did this happen by chance? Did you by any chance get caught with this other woman? And um, she may have been of a higher rank. you were African American. She may have been white, I don't know. Were you caught and then punished for that? Wow. Hester, that's absolutely. Okay, I just got. I literally just got fingers down my back.
2: Really?
1: I got shells, Hester. I want to thank you for being so very honest, so my suspicion has always been, it was a red flag when Shane and I heard this, that, you know, you were African American, it was in the 1840s, you got caught in a situation, and it was you who went to jail to clear the name of this other woman. Is that the truth? Yeah, yeah. We've seen it happen in history over and over and over again. So, yeah, Hester, thank you so very much. Um, So you ended up in here, unfortunately, um, terrifyingly even. Um, And I can only imagine um, what happened in here. Um, I'm going to just be bold, and I'm sorry. If you don't want to answer this, you do not have to answer this. You do not have to answer this. Was the woman that you were accused of abusing, were you in love with her? Yes, you were. Well, I think we have the Hester story. (laughs) Straight out front. Well, sorry, Hester, I am sorry. I am sorry that, first of all, you couldn't live your life as you wanted to um, and as you chose to. We're very lucky these days that we can. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of pain, and I'm sorry for what happened with Louisa um, and she must have done something um, to incur your anger like that. I'm so sorry. We are so thrilled that you talked with us and are talking with us. Um, we'll go ahead and even ask some more questions. Um, did, here's, we're trying to find the original, some of your original records. Were you born in Ohio? No. Okay. Gotcha. Straight out forward, if you would. Straight out forward. I gotcha. You're using a lot of energy here, so take your time. We are so thrilled to talk with you. Straight out front.
2: It did get a lot more colder.
1: It did get colder, right now. Yeah. I, I have, I'll tell you what, since we walked down there I've had chills on my legs, I've had chills in my arms.
2: Yeah.
1: Hester, um, was, was that you that touched Tosh and me? Oh my god.
2: I knew it was. Yeah. I also thought there was something over here too, just like a minute ago. Just like right on my... Right there? Right here.
1: And this That's was hard. a particularly soft touch.
2: Yes. It was not, um, It wasn't, like, aggressively hard. Right. It was just, like, kind of...
0: Hester, thank what you. What was... What's interesting about that is why I couldn't get the flashlight at first was because they kept mapping you, but then suddenly when these started moving, it was, like... Instead of mapping you where you are, mm-hmm. it kind of moved over, and then the arms would, like, dash at Lori when those were moving. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And then it would just go back to my vintage, just like sitting wow. there, stationary.
2: Weird.
1: <laughs> well, Hester, thank you for the nice touch. It was very affectionate. You know what? I'll tell you what. I don't care what the history books say. I think you were a pretty incredible woman, and I think you dealt with a lot. And um, I just think you're you know, particularly brave to talk with us and be as honest with us as you are. So let's see, um, if you weren't born in Ohio, were you born in Kentucky? No. Hmm. Put your, uh, put them back forth. We want to find out where you're from, Esther. Because when you were alive, there was slavery and Ohio was a free state. We suspect maybe you came here because of that. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I don't usually do this with entities. But what I'm going to do, are you excited? Yeah, (laughs) okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I'm going to go through the alphabet and I'm going to pause. When we get to the beginning letter of the state that you were born in, and this is presuming that you could read. If you can't read, we also understand, but you'll hear the name um, and let us know, okay? So, I'm going to start. Are you okay with this? Let me know you're okay with this. Yes? Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Move out front. This is going to be fun. This is kind of like a game of alphabet. Okay. You ready? You ready? Here we go. A B C D E F G H I J K. L. L. There we go. I think I know. Louisiana. Louisiana? Hester? Are you from Louisiana? Yes. Wow, oh, yes. very clearly. Very clearly. Good job, Hester. Hester, fan now I have chills all over <laughs> my entire <laughs> body. Wow. Let me ask you this. Did you come from a slave family in Louisiana? Yes. Wow. Hester, your story. I'm going to tell you what, Hester. We're going to find a way to write your your story. We really are. We're going to continue to research. Would that make you happy for people to know your story? Well, we're on it. No kidding. We're going to... We're going to wrestle up every historian in Ohio and Louisiana and find out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're excited, Hester.
1: Wonderful. Wow, Hester. Thank you. Because the way you're portrayed in in just that couple of of, um, newspaper articles is not correct. It was incredible. Just talking to her was amazing enough, but now we had all this new information to find her, to locate some official documentation that would not only tell us who she was, but also confirm that what she told us was true. Because that would mean you can really, really, truly talk with ghosts. So the hunt at this point was for official documentation that she existed before her incarceration and execution. We needed to get some public information that confirmed she was from Louisiana and what her life was like before she ended up in the situation that put her in the penitentiary and at the gallows. Shane and I literally went down the proverbial rabbit hole. We started searching through the databases of enslaved people in the South, particularly Louisiana, looking for any person with the last name of Foster, or even the first name of Hester, that might have been born around the same time she was, around 1820, 1821.
0: And we struck what we thought was gold. It might also be noted at this point that one of the more strange stories about Hester was that as she was nearing her execution, she had agreed to turn her body over to science, or in those days, for dissection. But only if the attending physician at the penitentiary would agree to supply her with unlimited candy for the duration of her sentence. The agreement was supposedly confirmed, and Bucky tells us that most likely, it was a Columbus doctor named Ichabod Jones so, deep down the rabbit hole, a couple of days later, unbelievably enough, Lori found a Foster plantation in Louisiana owned by a white man named Thomas Foster, who was notorious for having forced sexual relations with his enslaved women. And in the logs of the enslaved people we found, many of them had the last name of Foster. Had we found where Hester had come from? It was all speculation at this point, but the circumstantial evidence was compelling. And then, get this. We learned that this foster plantation was indeed a sugar plantation, one of the most brutal types of plantations for enslaved people. And maybe, we thought, just maybe, is that why she wanted the limitless candy that Ichabod Jones would provide for her, a sweet, nostalgic memory of her childhood, no matter how brutal, as she faced the gallows,
1: Even if all that were truth, we still wanted some sort of official documentation of Hester's life to prove her story. But as Michael Twitty says in his book, The Cooking Gene, which is his journey of tracing his enslaved African-American descendants and ancestors, the truth of these forgotten people, at best, exists only in the yellowing, decayed property inventories of farms and plantations that might if you are lucky, still exist in some county or local library where they haven't been viewed for over a century. You have to go there to find them.
0: They will not come to you. We had obviously told Bucky about all of our discoveries about Hester during the ghost hunt, and he was on it. He contacted several of the historians who had documented the scanty details about Hester's life and their books, we wanted to know about the original charge of aiding and abetting the assault of a woman. Where did they get that original notion? Were there court papers somewhere? This might tell us where she was actually born, but Bucky found no additional resources and conversations with these historians. It seemed we were finally at a dead end. We might not ever find out who Hester Foster really was.
1: And then it happened.
0: One night... We got a message from
1: Bucky that simply said,
2: I think I found Hester Foster.
1: Thanks so much to Bucky Cutright, with whom we have been co-conspirators in unearthing Hester's true story. You can learn more about Bucky, his tours, or contact him at
0: ColumbusGhostTours.com. Join us next time for our big season finale in the second episode of Finding Hester Foster. This show was created and produced by me, Shane McClelland, and Lori Gum. Until next time, friends. Be weird. Stay curious. These are the Q-Files.